As a pastor, I see so many people, Christians, that, that grow up and have a, a knowledge of God, a knowledge of right and wrong, a knowledge of the truth. More, more than just a knowledge, they've memorized scripture. Man, they, they grow up in church, they, they sit in the messages. I, I sat down one time, I can't remember what the number was, and I tried to add up how many messages that I've heard in my Christian life. In between uh, devotions and, and, and chapel growing up in school and, and uh, revivals and, and vacation Bible school. It is not a matter of us not having a knowledge of right and wrong. Amen. So what is the deal? I, I, I've told stories through the, through the years of just people that I, I say, how did they end up in that pit? How did, how did those teenagers that grew up in Christian homes with Christian families and Christian uh, morals and, and standards and all these things around in them, then they still end up in such a mess. Marriages and men and women and husbands and wives. How do we get in these messes? We do it all the time. And the, the, the reason, is, I'll tell you, is because we make foolish decisions. We make foolish decisions. We place ourselves into these positions ourselves. It's not a matter of, oops, it, we do it to ourselves. I'm going to tell you, every single day of your life, you are making decisions that it, that it might be minor today, but, but it could be tragic down the street. And, and I, I thought about this as for when it comes to this. And I mean, whether it's smaller things, and I, I mean, say these aren't smaller things, but they really are uh, of maybe purchasing a car or where to go off to college or what job to take. But I'm telling you, we make major decisions in our homes of a moral decision or a character decision that affects our kids for the rest of their lives. And you say, how did, how did I get here? You got to look back and, and look at the history and, and realize that along the way, we made some decisions that we did not include God. Let's just say it for what it is. We made decisions that we did not include God. We're going we're to study this passage and go through this. But I, I want you to get the importance of this because I'm, I'm just going to be honest. I mean, Sunday night, I can be a little more transparent than I can on Sunday morning without having guests. I'm talking to, I know, believers and people that follow God and know God. I'm just going to tell you guys right now, I get very frustrated, and I know you guys do too, because we have so much given to us, and what we do with it is we just, a lot of times, we just throw it away over, over frivolous things that should have never even came into the picture. So let me read this passage, we'll pray, and then we'll study. Ephesians 5.15, see then that ye work circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will, what the will of the Lord is. Let's pray. Lord, I, I want to be very transparent. Lord, I want to be very direct. And Lord, I, I want us to be shook up and stirred up as to why we get into the, the situations that we do. Because Lord, we honestly ask the wrong questions. Lord, we leave you out of it even though we have a knowledge of truth. We don't live with an application of truth. And oftentimes, if we're to admit it, Lord, we just simply wise in our own eyes. We forget to fear the Lord and we walk right into evil. And Lord, I pray, Lord, for the ones that are here tonight, Lord, that you'll prick our hearts. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you'll give us understanding that we must walk in wisdom if we're going to stay out of the messes that the, the devil has set up for us. 
We pray this in your name. Amen. Now, if you get this, this is, this is right in the middle of Ephesians. If you study Ephesians, it's a very practical book. He talks about marriage. He talks about kids. He talks about life. He talks about what we should say and not say and all, the church and church issues and all these things. It's, it's all wrapped up inside this. But it, th- that word right here, when he says, see then that ye walk, the word walk means to live your lives. It means in the middle of all these things, he said that you not just live your lives, but you live it in that word circumspectly means exactly, it means diligently, it means to walk straight. I, I, I clicked on it deeper saying, what are the roots or what is the foundation? What is the application of that means? It literally means to walk with care or to walk with caution. The Greek word would indicate an all around inspecting of one's walk. So you think about that, of what the Bible is saying. And then this, I, I know we've got the younger ones here, 10, 12, 13, 14 years old, and we've got all ages in here and are singles. This applies to every person that's in this room, I promise. God has called us and he said, this is how you are to walk. This is why Paul, when he's talking about children, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. And you wrestle not against flesh and blood and husband, love your wife as Christ. All that's in there. And he said, this is how you walk. He said, every single step that you take, you take in the fear of God. You take in the wisdom of God. You take cautiously. You, 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 and and a lot, the Bible talks about, if you read in the uh, Proverbs about the fools, how the fool doesn't think and the fool doesn't ask and the fool doesn't seek out right and wrong. He just does. Christians can have a head full of knowledge and not seek out what's right and wrong. We just do it too. He said, pay attention to the way that you live. Just take this to heart. Don't say that I'm judging you, but you need to pay attention to where you go. You need to pay attention to what you do. You need to pay attention to what you allow in your life. The influences that you allow in your life, it matters and it is important to not only your life, it is important to the mission that God has called for us. We must watch our steps as Christians. Now, you know why a lot of people don't preach and get on these subjects right here? Because they start labeling things, well, you're just being legalistic and you're being all these things. Right and wrong is not being legalistic. Going according to what the Bible says, if you should not do this and you should do this, is not being old-fashioned. It's just living according to what the Bible says. That's why Paul is getting so frustrated with the Christians. He's going, guys, this applies to your life. You need to open your eyes. This is how you ought to walk. This is how you ought to live. Making every step cautious to where you don't get somewhere that you should never have been in the first place. Be careful. Because the fool doesn't. That's why he talks about the, the, the fool and the unwise. Because they're constantly tripping up. They're constantly in a mess. Somebody just popped in your mind, I know. We all know those types of things. Maybe it's you. Sitting there, turning around and pointing at everybody else. But I'm saying, those ones that we're, we're, we're always getting up off the ground and you're just saying, well, I just have the worst luck. It's not a deal with luck. It's a deal with right or wrong. It says in that last second part of that, not as fools, but as wise. Let's just be honest. There's two types of people. I'm not talking about Christians and saved and lost here. I'm talking about there are those that live foolishly and those that live and walk wise. And the Bible says that they're opposites. See, the wisdom comes from God. I improve that to you all through Scripture. Wisdom comes from God. 
Wisdom is walking in respect of what he wants. Wisdom is what God has desired in the direction of God and the, the goal of God and the plan of God. That's, that's the wisdom of God. And foolishness is the opposite of that. Foolishness comes from us. You can sit there and say, foolishness is of the devil. No, we can blame the devil for a lot of things, but our foolishness comes straight from us. It's when we reject the things of God. The Bible says, the fool has said in his heart there is no God. The fool is the one that puts God out of his mind and does his own thing. I was reading uh, through this book uh, from Andy Stanley, who is Charles Stanley's son, and a lot of you guys know him, know him and, and he, he said, this is a question, and I, I preached on this, I remember it brought to my mind when I was a youth pastor, this question that gets brought up. And this is the thing, the question that the fool asks. This is what a lot of, a lot, what, what's gotten us into a lot of trouble. We ask this question right here, just so you know. When you ask this, this is the fool's question. What's wrong with it? Now, a lot of you, you just say, well, I, I ask that question all the time. I mean, I ask you guys this question. We ask the question, what is wrong with it? If there's nothing wrong with it, then it must be okay. It brings the idea of this. How close to the edge can I get? And I tell you, that, that, that happens in Christian homes, and it, and it happens with our young people and our college students, and it happens with our teenagers. It's, it, it's just like, well, well, what's wrong with it? Well, then I'm get as close as I can. And you know what happens is a slippery slope that gets us where we should never have been in the first place. Singles ask this when they're dating. We ask this when we're doing our taxes. We ask this when we're driving. It's like, guys, don't look at me like you don't do this. How far over the speed limit can I go before they're going to pull me over? I actually asked the police officer that one time. I said, so how far, how fast can I go before you're actually going to go and pull out the chase me? But I mean, we live our whole lives like that. We blur the lines with our relationships in the office and with friends. And we label our flirting as joking around. We blur the lines on social media and on websites and we justify things that we look at in the name of entertainment. Men that hang out with the wrong crowd and the wrong friends and they push the limits justifying their actions, going to places they should not go and hanging out with people they should not hang out with and they ask the question, well, what's wrong with it? You say, I, I, I'm not going to let, we'll, we'll get through this and when we ask the right question, it's going to click and you're going to get it. The question is honestly, is there anything wrong with it? Leads to the question of how did I get here? How did I get here? Because we push the envelope constantly. We're trying to get further and further. And, and we're, we're justifying things because when we do come up with something that's wrong. And, and guys, I, I, I'm being honest. The Bible, the Bible says the teens right now are going through this thing about the Ten Commandments. And, 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 and Tyler was in my office and we were talking about these things. And I'll tell you one of those areas. The Bible says, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord God in vain. I didn't say that. It's not Baptist doctrine or Baptist teaching. It's not how I feel. It's what God said. Do not take my name in vain. And I know I say this all the time, but it drives me crazy when Christians will go to a war movie, it's rated R, where it says, well, they curse God's name 36 times or whatever it is. Well, that's what they did in war. You just justified your sin. So I'm not cussing. No, you're doing worse than that. You're paying somebody to do it for you. You call it entertainment. He said, well, give me a verse for that. The Bible says, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. 
you say, you're, 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 you're just trying to step on our toes. No, I'm trying to hit our hearts because these are the things that are getting in messes. And I tell you, I'd rather say it right here than in my office as people are trying to put their lives back together and their young people back together and their marriages back together because we don't just adhere to what God said. It's a slippery slope that leads to destruction. And it happens daily in Christian homes and Christian families and young people that said that I, 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 I grew up right and I knew right from wrong and I had a knowledge of how I should live and then they hit 24, 26 years old or whatever and they throw it all away for a relationship that they got desperate to want to have in their life. And it all started with a statement, I don't see anything wrong with it. The Bible says in Proverbs twenty eight twenty six, he that trusteth, trusteth in his own heart is a fool. Whosoever walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. You say, what are you saying here? The Bible is saying, you know how we should be living our life. It's honestly walking with circumspectly that he's saying that you walk every day, every day of our life. Every decision that you make as a dad or a husband or a wife. Every decision that you make as a pastor or a deacon or a Sunday school teacher. Every one of them, we ought to sit there and be cautious and make sure that God's in the middle of it. And it's not us or our flesh or our ideas. To lean not on your own understanding, but in all of your ways, acknowledge him and he promised that he would direct our paths. Live this life, because I'm going to show you in a minute where, I'll just show you now. Look down at this, okay? So we read this verse, go to 16, verse 16. Redeeming the time. You know why? Because the days are evil. Make the best of every moment, of every day, of every step that you have. I'll tell you why, because the world is wicked. Right all around us, the devil is trying to capture our hearts with billboards and magazines and commercials and the, the new TV shows that are coming on even regular TV is, is just garbage. I say, man, you're, you're, you're just getting all over these. No, I'm tired of the devil walking over our homes. I'm tired of us dropping the guard and just watching a TV show that is saying things and doing things that we should not have and we just sit there and go, what's wrong with it? It's affecting us. Here's the right question. You guys ready? Let's read verse 17. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. The right question is this. The question that the wise person would ask is this. What is the wise thing to do? Or put it like this. What does God want me to do? How does this glorify God? Rather than just asking what's wrong with it, start asking what's right with it. How how is this going to lead people to Christ? How is this going to move me closer to Jesus Christ? How is this going to glorify God? Try that in your conversation when you're sitting there on a date and you're sitting there with that girl and trying to debate of, well, we want to do right, but is this wrong? And just say, does this glorify God? What's wise with this? Is this what God would want? Would this lead other people to Christ? Would this glorify God if people knew about it? And let me just tell you guys, if you have to hide it, more than likely it's, it's wrong. Just ask Adam and Eve. As soon as they figured out they did wrong, you know what they did? They went and hid it. Anything that you have to hide and be, and be uh, secretive about, it's probably wrong. If teens were to ask when they go out with their friends, and they were asked, 
they want to do something crazy or different or whatever, and they just stopped and said, would this glorify God? Is this the wise thing for me to do? You're on a date or whatever the situation is, or a group of guys says, hey, let's, we're going to go, a group of us are going down to club, whatever, would you want to go? And you just sit there and ask God, is this the wise or the right thing for me to do? Instead of asking, what's wrong with it? I have this responsibility as a pastor, but I have a responsibility as a dad. And oftentimes we make decisions, and I'm talking all the time, and, and, and I don't know anybody's situation when it comes to things like this, but we'll, we'll do what seems right in our own eyes at that moment of either making more money or whatever, not realizing what it's doing to pull us away from God or pulling us away from what God has for us in our families because we did not ask the question, Lord, is this what you want? I'm going to show you because along the walk of life, and you say, man, that sounds easy. I'm going, to, I'm going to show you how this walks out in our lives because you're going to come to something and you're going to say, and you just, some of the things are just black and white. And you can say, Lord, I know that. I, I mean, when it comes to doing wrong or, or, or going to the movie theater or how you're going to date or what you're, some of these things are just black and white in front of us. But sometimes we come to a place and you just simply ask the question, I don't know. You say, what do you do when you don't know? When you, when you just ask God and say, I don't want to mess up. I don't want to mess up with my kids. And, and I do those kind of things. As a dad, there's no book, if you know of it, that just has it all laid out. The, the, the only book that's going to keep me on track as a, as a dad is the Bible. That's it. There's a lot of philosophy and a lot of good ideas. But the Bible tells me as a dad to walk in wisdom. So let me show you. Just turn a couple of pages. Go from Ephesians to James. And probably some of you already knew that I was going to take you there anyways. The Bible says in James 1.5, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. They give it to all men liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given to him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea, driven uh, forth with the wind, and tossed. And let not a man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. That this, this passage comes with this instruction. The instruction is this. If you lack wisdom or you don't know what to do or you stand there and say, God, I just, I just don't know. And trust me, it should be every day of our life. And, and, and I'm going to point this, pull this out at the end, but here's where a lot of us go wrong. We feel like the seeking and asking God and asking for wisdom is when we just get into a big situation of, Lord, can I afford this house payment? Or, Lord, should I uproot my family and move to Texas? Or, Lord, should I do this? You know where we really mess up is the everyday things that we should be asking God. That's the reason why he said, let us walk, literally mean. You know how you walk? You take one step at a time. You know when you should be asking God for wisdom? Literally, every step of the day, in your job, in your relationships, what you post on Facebook, what you say in the job, what you argue with your friends, in your car when you're going home to finish an argument with your wife that you started that morning. Whatever it is, every little detail of our life should start with, Lord, help me. I don't know what to do. He should not be the rescue plan. He should be the everything, everyday plan of our lives. That's how we mess up. We lack wisdom when it comes to leading our kids. We, we lack wisdom when it comes to fixing our marriages. We lack wisdom when it comes to how do I witness to that guy, Lord, when I get to work? 
It says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. You say, why is this important? Because God was making it very clear this, and I know this is extremely obvious, but the God has the answers to everything you don't know. Do you guys get that? You say, I know that. Then why don't we ask God more often? Do you know why we don't? Because it goes off with what I said. I've been in church my whole life. I know God. I know the Bible. I know right. I know wrong. I know verses. I know the plan of salvation. I've studied books. I've done expository. I've been through Bible college. So you know what it is? We get it in our minds of we just make decisions because we think that we know rather than literally stopping every step of the way and saying, God, should I talk to that person right now? God God was saying in this passage, he said, let me tell you, I have the answers to every complication you have in your life. Do you believe that? If you believe it, you'll stop before you do anything and ask him. Anything and everything. God has the right direction for us. That's why he says that we would know what the will of the Father is for us. What is the direction? What do you want to come from this? God's response, look at verse 5 in James again, James 1, 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God to give it to all men liberally. Braideth not, and shall be given to him. Notice the detailed explanation of what God says of this. He says that he give it to all men liberally. You know what the word liberally means? Bountifully. God doesn't hold back. It's literally God saying, I've got the answer right here. I've, I've got it. If you'll ask me, it's not just a matter of, oh, God, please, if I just knew, oh, Lord. God said, no, it doesn't work that way. Ask, and I'll tell you. If you ask, I'm going to tell you. And people will sit there and say, is this the right person to marry? It, it should I, and, and, I'm, and it's great that, that you come and you'll ask me, and I'm not discouraging people from seeking wisdom. That's not what I'm saying at all. And it's great that you run to your parents, and there's a lot of other people in this room that you'd go to. But I tell you, God should not be the last person on your list. At the top of our list, no matter what you're doing or what you're deciding or where you're going, the first thing that it is, if you don't know what to do, you ask God. And he said, I'll tell you this. I'll not only not give you the answer, I'll I'll, I'll abundantly give you the answer. There's a reason that he put it in there. I'll give to all men liberally that abradeth not. That word abradeth not means the proper meaning of the Greek is to to rail at, reproach, revile, or chide. God does not rebuke us at all with asking. You guys know what it is as a parent when you're a kid, constantly, dad, 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 dad. You know what I'm talking about? You're just like... Sitting there asking every little thing and they're, they're poking it and all this. Let me get this done. Let me. Do you, you know what the Bible is saying? God never does that. We might as parents get impatient or have to, have to sit there and we just get frustrated. Just come back and let me do this and let me get this done in just a minute or whatever. The Bible is literally saying that God doesn't, God never gets sick of us asking him for help. Actually, it's the opposite. He craves it. He loves it. He loves it when a teenager is asking, God, is this the job that I should have? He, he loves it when we sit there and say, Lord, is, should I talk to that person today? Lord, is it time? Is it, is it the good thing or good place? When a teenager or an adult or a single person wants to know what's right, and they're sitting there saying, Lord, I, I want to be a witness to my friends, but if I go to this area or this party or whatever... Lord, is it the right wrong or thing, right thing or the wrong thing for me to do? Lord, is this going to hurt my testimony? Is it open the door for me to witness? God says, just ask me. I so desperately want to tell you. I want to show you. I want to open the door. I, I want to pour it out onto you. And I'll never get upset with you no matter how many times you ask me. 
That's our God. It's like when my kids don't know what to do. And they're working on things. And they come to me and say, Dad, if you were doing this, how would you do this? And I love it. Because it thrills me that they respect me enough. Or they realize or understand that Dad has been there. Or Dad knows What do you think it does for our relationship with God when we walk through life and we leave God out of everything? And we don't sit there step by step and walk by walk and walking carefully through life. And we don't pray throughout the day. You'll go an entire day and deal with problems all day long with work, relationships, family, finances, money, and you don't include God. It's like saying, I've got this, don't worry about it. And you don't have it. Because the only wisdom that we can have in our Lives as Christians, the Bible says wisdom comes from one source. It comes from God. So why in the world are you trying to do it by yourself? The last part of that verse is the promise. And it shall be given him. It's a promise. You say, I don't know. That's not true in my life. There's, I've prayed about certain things and I didn't get the answer. I, most of the time when that happens, he gave you the answer. It's just not the answer you wanted. He said no to that person that wasn't the relationship that you should be in, but you had it in your heart that you were in love. Or that thing, or that job, or that purchase. Man, I remember when I was a teenager, I found, I got a, I got a job, and uh, this guy was selling a car that was almost brand new. I, and, and my parents were like, don't do it. You know, just, I, I had this job and they were like, you're, you're going to work 24-7 just to pay for the payments. You'll never enjoy life or whatever. And I, and I remember I had it in my head. That's what I wanted. I, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get that car. That's what I wanted. I, it was a joke. Now I laugh at it. It was just, it was a red Cavalier. I mean, just, <laughs> it was sweet. I don't know that dates me, but it was this red Cavalier. And uh, it, was, it was all decked out. And I remember my mom and dad saying, well, you pray about it. If that's what God wants you to have, it's going to work out. Well, they turned me down on the loan well, because I had a job for six weeks. I mean, that was my reputation. And I thought it would all work out. So you know what I did? I kept going to other banks trying to get a loan. It's amazing how when God says no, we still try to kick down the door. And then when we're in that mess, we're saying, I don't know why God doesn't love me and everything. And God's saying, really? You did that. You did it of yourself, and there was no asking God whatsoever. I'm going to read you a verse. Listen to this. Jeremiah 29, 12. Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And you shall seek me and find me when you shall search with me with all your heart. Do you know how many verses in their Bible that are like that? That God said, when you ask and you seek and you knock, it will be open to you. I will answer you. You know, you know what I'm saying? God desperately wants to keep Christians out of the ditch. He wants to keep us out of the mess. He wants to keep us out of the pits. He wants to keep us out of the, the, the point that we have to be recovered and pull out. It's amazing how so often we just do our own thing without pulling God into it. It's not about making major decisions. It's about making daily decisions with our God. I want to close with this, and you guys take your Bibles to the Old Testament, and I want to bring you to 1 Kings chapter 3. 1 Kings chapter 3. Now Solomon is now becoming king. He's scared. 
He has to be the leader, and he doesn't know what to do. And I'll tell you, God loves people that will admit that they don't know what to do. And you sit there and say, I got this all figured out, or whatever, and, you know, it's okay. And, and, And my kids will attest to this. They'll come to me sometimes and just say, Dad, can I, can I? And I just step back and say, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. You know why I don't know? Because I, I, God has not given me the right thing to do. And sometimes just to get them off your back or whatever, you say, okay, go ahead and do that. And then, then our kids get in trouble as a result of our leadership, of us not asking for God. It's okay to say you don't know. That's what Solomon's doing here. He's going before God. He's scared about leading a nation. And he said, God, I just don't know. So this is what happens. First Kings chapter 3, verse 5. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared unto Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, ask what I shall give thee. And Solomon said, as thou showed unto thy servant David, my father, great mercy. Do you know why God did that? Read this. According as he has walked before thee in truth. I want you guys to get something as we go through this. Do you realize how these two things go hand in hand with everything, even what we're talking about this morning in worship? It's not a matter of running to God and saying, hey, can you help me with this? Or Lord, I have this. It's a matter of walking with God. When you have a relationship with God and you're talking with God and you pray without ceasing, literally means in every part of your day you're doing it. And you're, you're, you're practicing what the Bible says about being planted by the rivers of water and you're receiving all the things here. It is a relationship with God. It is every day in every part of your life, hand in hand with God, where you say, what do you think about this? I wouldn't do that. Okay, we're not. And you're taking every step and God's saying, watch out for that. You better get around that. Don't go there. It's God going with you through these things. And he says that. He said, let me tell you about David, your father. He walked according to thee in truth and in righteousness and uprightness of heart with thee. This man had a relationship with God. Literally walked with God. And thou hast kept him for this great kindness. And thou hast given to him a son to sit in the throne as it is this day. I'll tell you, it's amazing how God gives us the desires of our heart. You guys know what he's about to ask. He's like, Lord, I just I want to honor you and I want to lead, and I want to do right, and I want to keep my nation out of trouble, and I want to keep my family out of trouble, and God listens to that. Verse 7, listen to Solomon's humility. And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David my father, and I am but a little child. The humility there. I know not how to go out or come in. And that was going historically of even presenting himself as a king. And the servant said, In the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen, a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. And I love the transparency of his prayer. He said, Lord, I'm I'm nothing but a kid. Lord, I I don't know all the things to do. I don't know even how to do it. And he said, Lord, I'm coming before you because I simply do not know what to do. But in before him was a great responsibility. I'm telling you, no matter where you're at in your walk of life, every one of us have been given a great responsibility by God, a great responsibility. Don't take it lightly that God has given you kids or grandkids. Don't take it lightly that you have a role in this church and just say, oh, it's just junior church or oh, it's just Sunday school. No, it's not. It's a high calling of God to teach and lead that. 
You're molding and making those kids. And I, I hear people all the time, we, before we do baptisms, we always say, tell us your testimony. Tell us this. And I love how they say, well, I had a teacher, I had a grandmother, I had this that taught me this or said this to me. It matters what you say. It matters what you do. Verse 10. Oh, verse 9. Give, therefore, thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people. Not just instruction. He said, Lord, I want an understanding heart. I want to walk in wisdom. Lord, I, you know, we know those words of, Lord, come into my life. He's literally saying, Lord, let wisdom dwell in me every single day. That I may discern between good and bad. You know what he's saying? I don't want to make a mess. For who is able to judge this, thy, go, uh, thy so great a people? And the speech please the Lord. And the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had been asking this thing. And God said unto him, Because thou hast asked this thing, and hast not asked for thyself long life, neither hast thou asked riches for thyself, nor asked for life of thine enemies, but hast asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment. Behold, I have done according to thy words. Lo, I have given thee wise and an understanding heart. Do you realize that that is the same that we're reading in Ephesians? That's the same that we're reading in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 5. It's the same thing. That says, you asked me. It's a guarantee in life. It's the promise of our Father. It's the one thing that He said that I will never turn away from you. I will give you all the answers to the difficulties of life of how to stay on track. So let me tell us as a church right now, when you end up in the ditch, it is all your fault. Let's just take responsibility for what it is. Because God's already made a promise that he'd keep us on track. Solomon recognized a couple of things will be done. He recognized in this passage that, that his heritage was not enough. He was a son of a king. One of the greatest warriors and leaders and fathers that had ever lived. And he even admitted in this. He said, Lord, I know that I have a great heritage. I, I know that I had a great dad. And I know that I'm in a good place. It's not enough. Guys, for you to have grown up in church, it's not enough to keep you out of the ditch. For the fact that you won every award in Bible school grown up, is not enough. It's not enough. You still needed wisdom. Number two, his position was not enough. So Lord, thou hast made me, uh, in verse seven, thou hast made me a servant instead of my father David, or king instead of my father David. Just because you carry the title preacher, deacon, teacher, director, mom, dad, grandparent, grandma, whatever it is, doesn't mean that we have the wisdom to lead. Sometimes we run forward, well, I'm the bad dad or I'm the boss or whatever. Let me tell you, if you want to be the right dad, get on your knees. You want to be the right preacher, right teacher, whatever, you sit there and say, God, tomorrow when I preach, tomorrow when I teach, tomorrow when I drive the bus, no matter what I do, Lord, I need you. It's not in your title. And it wasn't in his knowledge. Verse 6, and Solomon said, thou hast showed unto thy servant, David, my father, great mercy. You know what he's doing? He's testifying. He starts going through and talking about how he has walked in truth and he walked in righteousness and uprightness, heart with thee and kept him in great kindness he said, I, he said, I can tell you about my David and my dad. I can tell you the stories and I can tell you with his walk with God. It's not about our knowledge. Out of all those things, his godly heritage, his position that he had, and even the knowledge that he had, he said, Lord, I, I appreciate all those things. But that doesn't mean that I just still don't need wisdom. 
Don't rely on the fact that you grew up in church. You might be one of the ones that say, I've been in this church 50 years or 40 years or 30 years. Praise God for that. That doesn't mean you can't end up in the ditch like anybody else. It's not enough. The Bible says in Proverbs 14, 12, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. There are ways that we sit there and say, well, I I didn't think it would get to that, or I I didn't think it'd be that bad, or I thought I could control it, or I was just flirting with that girl, and it takes you a lot further than you plan to go. Let's walk out of here with this in mind. Everything that we do, say, Lord, is this the wise thing to do? Lord, is this what you want? And everything, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, because the Bible says to walk in these ways, and he'd keep us on track.